I really like titles. It, it helped, like, when I'm taking notes on a sermon, I always have a title. Um, so I'm going to give you a title, and, and today's title is just Walk Like Jesus. I like to give titles because it's kind of summarizing what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, it kind of has a common theme of, of this walk. Several times he says, uh, he says, walk in love to start. Later he says, walk in, uh, you know, walk in wisdom, walk as not unwise but wise. And so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of funny that when we describe a Christian relationship, our, our relationship with God, we describe it as, well, my walk with God. And it's, 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 uh, it's really kind of symbolic. It's when you walk, you're, you're going on a journey, typically. And so it's, it's really our journey with Christ is what our walk with Christ is. And so today it's, we're going to be talking about to walk like Christ and, and how to be an imitator of Christ. Uh, some some uh, translations of this passage say, therefore, be imitators of Christ. Mine says be imitators of God, but if you know who Jesus is, you know that he is fully God and fully man. So he is God. Um, so our, our goal, our life purpose is to imitate God and, and to live our life as best as we can that replicates God's heart. Um, so I want to start with love. We're going to get right into it. I, essentially, today I'm going to give you four ways that we can walk like Christ and love like Christ, be like Christ. And the first one, he talks about love. And I know I preached to you already in the month of January. I actually preached to you guys on January 2nd, which was around New Year's. If you don't remember, that's the time I asked if you had New Year's resolutions, and nobody raised their hand. And it was really embarrassing for me because I was expecting everyone to be like, yeah, I got one. No one did. Uh, so I gave you one. And if you remember, uh, I, I told you guys that I want your New Year's resolution, our, our church, I want our resolution to be better at loving, be better lovers, love people well. And so if you're curious, if I've been following my goals, just if you're curious, I'm going to share with you my goals, and I'm going to, just to give you some updates. I know it's only been 30 days, which, by the way, January, I feel like it should be March. Does anybody feel like January is just going so slow? It's just, amen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like it should be like March or May by now. It's, it's, or I think I skipped April. Yeah, I did. It's all right, all right. All right. One of my goals was to learn more in God's Word. Uh, that's something I need accountability with. I've been doing good. My goal is to read uh, the Old Testament, uh, I mean not the Old Testament, the, the whole Bible in chronological order in two years. And I'm a little bit behind. I'm a few days behind. So it would be an encouragement to me, really, if you guys, some of you texted me or slid in my DM and said, hey, how are you doing in your reading? Slid in my, sorry, I'm a millennial. Uh, slid in my DMs, yeah. Uh, it would be encouraging. So if you guys want to do that, it would be awesome. Um, one of mine was be more creative. I'm doing that. I've, I've gotten some cool opportunities to make videos and pictures for people. Uh, one of my goals is to be healthier. I haven't started on that one yet. Um, as you can tell, I'm still the same weight I was on January 1st. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to lose some. And the last one was loving better. And I, I think I'm doing well at that. Um, I think I could love better in certain areas. There's certain people that I could definitely uh, show more love to. But in terms of my New Year's, resolutions, my goals. I think I'm doing okay. Anyways, back to scripture. Walk in love. We're going to start with walk in love. Um, this one's going to be quick because I know I just talked to you guys all about love almost a month ago, so I'm going to go uh, through it pretty quick, but let's read verses 1 through 2. Paul said, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Well, that's the most loving thing you can do, is to give your life for somebody. And that's Christ's example. That's, that's what Christ did for us, was he gave his life 
a, a fragrant sacrifice and offering um, to God so that he took our place. So we didn't have to have death, but Christ died for us so we could have eternal life. And that's, that is love right there. We can't uh, do that. We can't give someone salvation. We can't love someone so much to where we die for them and they're saved. That's not your job. That's, you don't have the perfectness in you to do that. But we can learn from how Jesus walked his life and how he loved people. Um, we can learn from that. And we can learn that if Jesus loved his disciples like this, if he loved sinners like this, well, I can do that. And that's how I can walk in love. That's how I can walk like Christ. And so some uh, example. well, before I give you examples, uh, there's a verse. It's, it's Romans 5, 5. He says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so when we accept Christ, God pours love into our hearts. So if God loves us on a daily basis and God's constantly giving us love, we are able to love because he loves us. That's what the scripture says. He poured love into our hearts, his love. So we should be able to show that love to others. And so some simple ways to do that. Um, I mean, a new, uh, John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. That's, that verse is slept on. Like, that, that's, uh, that's, sorry, y'all probably don't know what that means, slept on. That's another millennial term. My high school should explain it. Uh, what's, it, uh, it, it means that it's, uh, it's, it's doubted on, or it's, it's, people, it's almost like people were asleep when that verse came out. Like, we don't, we don't realize the weight of that verse, is that people, like, know who you are by how you love someone. Like, people know that you are God's children, that you are following Christ by how well you love somebody. And that's a bit like, I feel like sometimes we forget that verse. Loving one another and loving someone, that's not like a feeling that that's, it's, it's really a, uh, we're not, I mean, we're not perfect. We, we can't always think, oh, I'm just going to love this person. Like, you're really easy to love. Sometimes love isn't a feeling. Sometimes it's just an action and a behavior motivated by our love for Christ. Not everyone's easy to love. You guys know that. I've, teach, I've taught you guys, you guys that before. Not everyone's easy to love. Not all situations that we get in with people are uh, going to make us love them. Sometimes it's a choice to love because we love God. And so think on that. Like this week is if people know that I'm following Christ and loving Christ by how well I love them, that's good. So some simple ways to do that. Uh, Thinking well of others. Uh, A lot of times we don't love someone because we don't think well of them. Think well of, think well of people. Philippians 4, 8, he, he goes on and says, think of things that are true and just and commendable, honorable, excellent. Like, think good things. Think positive things. The reason you probably don't like someone in the first place is because you're thinking negatively of people. I don't think Jesus thought of people negatively. Jesus always saw the light in people. He always, he would, he would uh, not, not put up with sin. He'd tell sin to flee from him, but Jesus always saw good in people. That's why he hung out with sinners. He, he, he loved people. Every thought, whether positive or negative, that plants a seed that grows into a behavior towards someone. If, it's, if you're thinking positively of others, then you'll find it easier to love others. So think positively. And then when we think positively about people, that's going to result in speaking positively of people. Every time I'm on stage, it's almost like it doesn't matter what sermon I'm preaching, what passage I'm using, I somehow find a way to talk about gossip. And I don't want to rant on about forever because that's what I always do because I, I hate gossip. But seriously, be careful what you say. It's in the church. It's in the school. It's in any, it's in any job. 
and, but it's really big in the church, and it's, it's sad that we come to church, we worship together, we love each other, but we, we say the worst things about each other. And that's, that, that grieves the heart of the Lord. When we gossip, pride leads us to believe that we are more important than other people, that we are better than other people. In fact, the gospel tells us the opposite, Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others more important than yourself. When you gossip, you're saying, I'm better than that person. That's not loving. It's not the love of Christ. Pray for people. That's a loving thing to do. Uh, I don't see the Sandlins in here, but Melanie Sandlin asked me for prayer the other day. We're at youth, and she said, hey, uh, my aunt is sick or something. What's going on in our family? And I always tell you guys, hey, when someone asks for prayer, pray for them right there. Don't say, I'll be praying for you. What did I do? I, I said, I'll be praying for you. And so if Melanie was in here, I don't see them, but I, I would apologize to her because I should have prayed right there. That's a loving thing to do because oftentimes when someone asks for prayer, we say, yeah, that's cool, and we forget about it. Prayer works. Prayer is powerful. God listens. God always answers prayer. It may not be the answer you want, but he always answers prayer. Pray for people. That's how we love people. Serving others, that's, that's how we love. If you want to learn about serving, if you want to serve this church, Come to the meeting on Sunday. We'll get you plugged in at a place you can serve. But moving on. I know I talked about love all last time I preached, and I want to continue. Uh, let's go to verse, verse 3. It says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Purity. Impurity. Uh, number two is, is walk in purity. Not walk impurity. I feel like you get that one just confused. Walk in purity. Be pure. Um, Everyone knows what impurity is. Uh, just by a show of hands, who, like, growing up had, a, like, a purity ring? Your parents gave you a purity ring. Like, yeah, a lot of people did. Uh, purity rings are cool. They're sweet. Uh, it's a promise to uh, your, your parents and to the Lord that, hey, I'm going to stay pure, and, and I'm not going to fall into sexual temptation or sin, or not temptation, but sin. I'm not, I'm not going to have sex before marriage. I'm going to stay pure. And that's awesome. Um, Paul is talking about, uh, he says, sexual immorality and all impurity must not even be named among you. Like impurity must not even, you must not associate with impurity. Um, Matthew 5, verse 27 says, You have heard what it was said, that you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery. Sexual immorality, impurity, adultery, uh, lust, that's all sexual sin, and, and Paul's warning us to stay away from that. It shouldn't be named among us. Um, I love what Jesus says. It's, and I, well, I love it, but also it's, it's very convicting. He says, if you look at a woman, you've already committed adultery. I think everyone here knows what adultery means. If you don't, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. It's, it's voluntary, voluntary sexual intercourse between one person and another person who's not his or her spouse. So you might be thinking, well, I didn't cheat on my wife. I didn't, I didn't. Cheat on her. I didn't go have go whatever you want to call it with someone else. I'm trying to be sensitive to little kids in here. Uh, well, when you think about someone lustfully, that's, that's Jesus says it's adultery. It's the sin. That's the lustful sin in your life. Um, pornography. That's adultery. I mean, parents. Pornography is killing this generation. Your children, and you might be in here like, oh, my kid's he's an eighth grader. Think again. Oh, my kid's a fifth grader, Jared. He's, he don't know what that is. 
Think again. Jerry, my kid's in third grade. He doesn't know. Think again. Be careful. Pornography is everywhere. If, you're, if your child owns a phone that has internet access or a tablet, there's a very high chance they've been exposed to it. And then if they've been exposed to it, there's an even higher chance that that's going to become something they get addicted to and they get wrapped in. It is all over. And I'm not telling you to scare you or to upset you. I want to warn you because I'm a youth pastor. I see these things. I know these things. I talk about these things with children. I grew up in the generation of having one of these. It's easy, accessible. And it's not, I'm not just telling parents to like, watch out for their kids. It's for adult, like adult struggle too. You, like, it is, Satan has a strong grip of the minds of our children, of, of, of ourselves when it comes to lust because it's just it's modern. The technology, it's so easy. Be on guard. That's once pornography, that temptation, lustful temptation wants to separate you from Christ. Parents, be, be watchful, be mindful. Don't let your kids go upstairs with their phones, with their tablets. Like, be careful about that. It's very easy for children to get sucked in. It's, it's leading them to a life of adultery. If you look at uh, people down the street, down the hall, guys, we're driving our car, we see a girl running. You look at that, start thinking, that's adultery, lust. That's not walking in purity. That's not walking like Jesus. We have to repent of that. We have to be careful about that. And it's, it's girls too. Like, girls, be modest. And it's not all girls' fault that the guys are lustful sometimes, but you can help. You can help the cause. You can wear shirts that are long. You can watch what you post on Instagram, Facebook. It's very important. Be modest. Be pure. And if you aren't, I hope, I hope you're convicted by that. Repent. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. Whoever sins sexually, sin, whoever sins, sexually sins against their own body. So be, be pure. And part of being pure is also what we say. How we talk. A lot of us like to joke about things. And I love, if you know me, I love joking more than anybody. I like to be funny. I like to have fun. And sometimes I do get carried away. Sometimes the words come out of my mouth maybe are inappropriate. Maybe they aren't pure. It's something to repent of. It's something that does not honor the heart of Christ. All right, moving on. Verse 4. Walk in purity. Verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. That kind of falls under the impurity. Uh, and he says, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. So number four, I mean, number three is walk in thanksgiving. Uh, what does it mean to walk in thanksgiving? That doesn't really make sense because uh, thanksgiving is a day where we eat turkey, and it's also like an act of giving thanks. So how do we walk in thanksgiving? It's, well, it's, it's being encouraging. Like when, whatever we say should scream, hey, I'm thankful to God for saving me. So whatever I do, however I portray my life, I'm going to walk in thanksgiving. I'm going to walk as a way, or I'm going to live my life and make decisions that say, God, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be yours. I'm thankful to have this relationship with you. And so I'm going to make decisions based off how thankful I am for you. Walking in thanksgiving is simple as um, letting what the words come out of your mouth be things that show thankfulness to the Lord. And so and I, I think the last time before I... Before January, I preached to you, and I also taught on Thanksgiving. And so it's a very um, topic, strong topic that's on my heart is being thankful to God and also showing thankfulness and encouragement to others. My, um, 
my girlfriend's a teacher. I hope I'm not, I feel like she hates when I talk about her in services. She's so embarrassed. But uh, my girlfriend's a teacher. And uh, who's a teacher in here? Or a retired teacher? Okay, Tammy. Uh, all right, maybe a few people. Teaching, thank you for teaching. That's, that's a hard job. I didn't realize how hard teaching was until my girlfriend became a teacher. I didn't see all the things that teachers go through. But during your first year of teaching, it's really difficult, just like any first-time job. You're learning a bunch. Well, if you start your first year of teaching during COVID, it's really hard because you have no idea what you're doing. Like, it's no one does COVID. It's like COVID's new. We don't know how to manage life through COVID, especially teaching. And so teachers are having a hard time right now. And it's not just teachers in the school. It's Cami at the ELC here. Like, it's, it's hard. Teaching's hard. All I'd say, Sarah, the other day, she was, I guess, having a tough week and needed encouragement. And we prayed together and said, God, send something Sarah's way to encourage her. Lift her spirits. Give her encouragement this week. Uh, something very encouraging to Sarah that really helped her week was Heather Wilson posted something on Facebook about encouragement to teachers. And she tagged Sarah in it, and that made her week. And then seven other teachers, I mean, seven parents in her class emailed her and was just, like, telling her thank you. And that, like, made Sarah's week so much better. And it honestly, like, it pointed her to God because she was like, man, I, I prayed for this, and God showed me. Like, I saw God's love through other people, which is what John 13, 34, and 35 is talking about is when we love people, people will know we're his disciples. Being encouragement to people goes a long way. Thanking people for their services or for just um, whatever it may be goes a long way. So think about it. Like, like be that to other people because that shows the love of Christ. Be thankful. Um, don't speak of filthiness or crude joking and wise because it doesn't show thankfulness to God that he saved us. How can we be thankful to God when we speak of things that don't honor him? So be, be thankful. Walk in thankfulness. We continue verse 5 through really 14. It's simply uh, consequences if we don't follow the things that he just told us. Verse 5, he says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who covets that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. You don't get to go to heaven, is what Paul's saying in simple terms. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes, among, comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. Paul is saying you're separated from God when you do these things. You do not inherit the kingdom of God in Christ. So if you do not repent of these things, if you do not come to Jesus about these things, and you do them, which you do, everyone does those things, you do not inherit the kingdom of God. You do not have eternal life. You are not saved. Now, I don't want you to be confused with, oh, Jared, I, I accepted Christ one time, but I messed up the other day, and I still struggle with something like that. Good news is there's grace. There's grace for you. My encouragement to you is repent. Keep repenting whenever, whenever you slip up in a way that we just named or any ways that I haven't named. Repent. I know a pastor uh, in Texas, and he always says, uh, repent before you even, like, as soon as temptation comes, go ahead and repent. Like, repent before 
you even fall, before you even act out on that temptation. Um, he's like, it's a healthy way to stay away from temptation, and it's a healthy way to realize, God, I need, I need help. I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell you sorry and just call out to you before I even fall into this, hoping that I won't. So that's a good practice. When you, have, when you feel temptation coming on, repent before you even fall into sin. Repent at the temptation. Um, so Paul continues, and he says, uh, Take no part in a fruitful works for darkness, but instead expose them. For it's sinful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and walk. Arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. In verse 15, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So number four, we talked about walking in love, walking in purity, walking in thanksgiving. Number four is walk in wisdom. It's my favorite one because uh, I, I love wise people. I, got, I think wisdom is a great trait, and it's a great, uh, it's a great practice to be wise. It's, it's, it's what, being wise is not something that just happens overnight. It's, it's years. It takes years to become wise in your faith and any other, in anything. And so I love learning from people that are wise, that are wiser than me. And so Paul says, walk in wisdom. He says, do not walk as unwise, but walk as wise. Anybody heard the term YOLO? Right? YOLO, you only live once, dog. Like, that's great. It's awesome. Like, YOLO, you only live one time. Do, like, do it. It simply means uh, you live once, have as much fun, and pursue as much pleasure as possible in this life. When I was in high school, I was a huge, like, I don't know if it was new, and that's why we started saying a lot, but when I was in high school, we always said, YOLO, if we, any rash decision, if it was like kind of like a bad idea, it's like, hey, jump off this, uh, let's climb on top of the school and jump off of it. Like, just see how, like, cool it would be. Like, not, it was a tiny school. Tiny school, not death-wise. Just, let's just, like, have something fun. Let's put on a video. Let's put on Instagram. Like, something stupid, something crazy. We would say, YOLO, you only live once. Like, we might as well have some fun. That term typically leads to bad decisions. And it's actually not biblical. You, you don't live once. You either live in eternal light, eternal glory with God, or you live in eternal separation from God. Uh, scripture says you're a mist. He says your life's a mist. In James 4.14, he says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We're only a mist. It, uh, I don't know if it was Francis Chan or uh, Matt Chandler. I don't know. He did an illustration. Was, I've watched it. He did an illustration. He took a rope, long rope. Some of you probably know where I'm going with this. He got a little piece of tape. He tied it to part of the rope, and he held it, and he just kept reeling out the rope. And he said, this is eternity. And he just kept throwing it out, super long rope. And he said, this right here represents your life. There's a little piece of tape, and he just kept reeling out eternity. And he says, what we do matters. Like, what we do with our life here matters. Because we're only here for a short, short time. Like, we think 90 years is long, 70 years is long. It's not that long. Some of you that are reaching 40 or 50, 60 are like, yeah, life's kind of short. Like, it's, it's not long. But eternity lasts forever. And what we do on, on earth, what we do while we're here, has a lasting impact. It's, Paul says, make the best use of your time. Well, how do we make the best use of our time? Um, by glorifying God. We're only a miss, so spend our time uh, advancing the kingdom and making wise choices to glorify God. 
Proverbs 28, verse 26, it says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Proverbs 12, 20, I mean, yeah, Proverbs 12, verses 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So if we continue reading, uh, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the will, what the, the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with spirit. Alcohol. That's a big, that's, that's actually kind of a small topic in Baptist church. People like, don't like to talk about alcohol. Um, I believe alcohol is not a sin. Some of you are like silently booing me, and some of you are like, I knew I liked that guy. Like, yes. Like, uh, alcohol is not a sin. But debauchery is, getting drunk is. Um, the abusement of alcohol is a sin. Eating food is not a sin. The abusement of eating food is gluttony. That's a sin. Andrew, last night I was hanging out with Andrew. He's like, dude, can you preach on gluttony tomorrow? Like, I just, no one talks about gluttony. I want someone to preach on gluttony. And I was like, no, I'm not going to preach on that, but I'll, I'll mention it. It's gluttony. Uh, money is not a sin. The abusement of money, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's greed. Greed's sin. Alcohol is not a sin. And the only reason I'm talking about alcohol right now is because it's, it's mentioned in the, uh, in the text, and I don't want to disregard it. But what I'm telling you right now, some of you are like, well, I don't agree with it. Some of you are like, well, I agree with it. I just, you know, I know it's not to get drunk. Well, here's how, here's what you, I'm, I'm about to give you some advice here. Whether you agree with it, whether you don't agree with it, whether you think it's awful, whether you think it's great. Here's some, some wisdom. I'm going to give you some wisdom on how to make decisions for those gray area questions. There's a lot of things that come up um, in our lives where we're like, well, I don't really know the right thing to do here. I don't know if this is biblical. I don't know how to be obedient to the Lord in this area because um, it's kind of a gray area. It's kind of a uh, risky topic. Like alcohol, for some, is a gray area. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know if they should or they shouldn't. So here's what you can do in those gray areas. Uh, 99% of the time, it's in Scripture. You can open your Bible in any, like uh, a gray area question. I, I wrote some. Uh, one of the things is, should I post this on Facebook? Should I post this political statement that I came up with on Facebook? That might be a gray area thing, because I feel like sometimes we can be a little dishonoring to Christ in the things we say on Facebook. Or we may not. Should I drink? That's one. Should I, should I say this to my boss or email this or text it? Should I buy this? Should I like, use my money to buy this house, this car, this fill in the blank? Um, those might be some gray area questions where we, we might struggle to find the right thing to do in the Bible. But 99 times, 99% of the time you will find something that's going to direct you to make the right decision. But let's say you're struggling. You're like, I don't, Jared, I don't know what to do about this. I'm going to give you five things. There's a pastor who does this. It's called the five no's, two yeses. It's seven questions to ask yourself. And if you take notes, I really want you to write them down because I do this, and, and it helps me. Like, it really helps me navigate decisions where I'm like, God, I don't know what to do here, but I want you to be glorified through this. I want to be obedient to you in this decision-making process. I want to walk in wisdom. So this is, this is some of the questions. The first question, let's, let's tell you, you Put in your head what you want to ask yourself here. It could be, okay, is it okay to drink? It could be, is it okay to wear this to church tomorrow? Whatever it may be. Here's, here's number one. It says, will it have a negative long-term consequences? That's the first question. That should be no. The first five questions, by the way, the answer should be no. 
And the last two questions, the answer should be yes. That's why it's called five no's, two yeses. So if the first five, the answer is no and the last two are yes, then I'd say, okay, that's, that's wise. That's, that's fine. But if it's any other way, if it's not that way, you shouldn't do it. But continue, it says, will it have negative long-term consequences? So will what I'm deciding to do right now have negative long-term consequences? So fill in the blank, whatever you're doing. Let's, since we're talking about alcohol and God's word, let's talk about alcohol. Will me having this drink have negative long-term consequences? Really depends on you, maybe, if you get addicted to it. Or maybe you're, you're fine, you know your limit, you know you're good, you know, hey, I don't struggle with that. Then maybe you're fine. So let's say no. No, it doesn't have consequences. Could it harm my body? Well, if our body is a temple, we don't want to do anything that's going to harm our body. So maybe the, maybe the answer to that is no. This decision I'm about to make is not going to harm my body. Uh, number three, this is a big one. Will it give me a guilty conscience? James 4.17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. If you have a guilty conscience about something that, let's say Drake has a guilty conscience about something that I don't have, if, if he does that, that's sin for him because he, he feels guilty about that. He, he, there's something in him that says, hey, for whatever reason, God's putting on my heart that even though this might be okay to some, it's not okay to me, so I'm going to stay away from it. And so stay away from it. So will it give me a guilty conscience? The answer should be no. Uh, number four, Will it cause someone else to sin? Are your actions, the choices you're making, or is it causing someone to fall? I love uh, 1 Corinthians 8.13. says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I'm not going to eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Paul says, I, I like meat, and food's great, but if it makes my brother fall, if my brother has a hard time with it, then I'm not going to do it. So when you're making decisions, consider that. And this decision I'm making, is it going to cause someone else to fall? Maybe I'm not falling, but is it going to cause someone to sin? The answer should be no. Number five, will it hurt my witness? We don't ever want to do anything that's going to hurt our witness for Christ. It's going to lead people astray. And number six, now we're getting to the point where these should be yes questions. Will it benefit myself or others? If it's no, then what's the point? Why waste your time on something that's not going to benefit you or others? Let's reverse it. Others, that's first, and then you. If it's not going to benefit anything, why, wait, why waste your time? Paul says make the best use of your time. So if you're going to waste time or spend time doing something, make sure it's beneficial to somebody or to you. And number seven, this is the, the biggest one, is will it bring glory to God? Will this decision, will, will me participating in drinking a drink, will me uh, deciding to wear this to church, will me deciding to post this argument on Facebook, Will it bring glory to God? Will it hurt my witness? Will it benefit somebody? Will it give me a guilty conscience? Could it harm my body? Will it have negative consequences? Will it cause someone else to sin? Those are really important things to ask yourself when you're making decisions. That's how we walk in wisdom. Ultimately, we follow God's word. God's word never fails. It's always true. It's always right. Sometimes we don't know where to go in God's word. If, you, if you're in a point where you're trying to make a decision and you don't know where to, like, search something in the Bible, uh, gotquestions.org is a great place. They, they, you can just type in, like, an answer or a question, and they'll give you so many biblical passages um, on that topic. But if you're struggling with a decision in your life, maybe it's to buy a new house. Ask, ask these questions. Make, make wise decisions because 
Paul, Paul tells us to, to, to make the best use of your time. Walk is wise. Proverbs talks all about wisdom and how, how it's, it's uh, it says, whoever trusts his mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. So take your time when making decisions. Um, to close it out, I mean, continuing, it's um, 19 through 21, he says, or let's do 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I could have made another point. I don't have time. But I could have made another point of uh, walk in worship. Paul says address each other in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Meet each other and start worshiping the Lord together. That's what he's saying. Um, guys, to be imitating God, to the push that Paul is making, be imitators of Christ. Walk in this way, in this way, in this way. We have to be spending time with God to know God. We have to be spending time with Jesus to know how Jesus walked, to know how he lived, to know his heart. If we're not spending time in our word daily, we're not going to know We're not going to know if we're not relying on him, if we're not relying, or if we're not putting our whole life into him, our prayer life, if we're not sharing the gospel, if we're not living out the cause and the mission, we're not imitating Christ. A lot of us, like sometimes I feel like I'm not being an imitator of Christ. When days I wake up and I don't want to preach, I did not want to preach today. I didn't. I told Matt that last night, I told Heather that. I just didn't want to preach today. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Sometimes I just get lazy or maybe I just get tired or I don't know. But me not thinking it's joy and like counting it like, oh, God, this is an amazing opportunity. No matter what my feelings are or how I feel about this, it's, it's a joy just to be talking about you and proclaiming the gospel. And so I, I apologize for having the attitude of not wanting to preach and I, I want to repent of that. I just didn't want to today, but I'm glad I did. And I love talking about God, and I love the Lord. And I pray that I can be um, an imitator of Christ. I pray that every day I'm growing towards that, and I pray the same for you. Some of you may not even have a relationship with Christ yet. Some of you be like, okay, Jerry, I hear you talk about being an imitator of Christ, but I don't even know Christ. Well, that's, a, that's step number one. You got to know Christ. You have to have a relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship with God, I, I can talk to you. Um, it's, it's simple, really. Christ lived perfect life. So that's why we're, we, we're training ourselves to imitate him and to walk in the ways that he walked. He lived perfectly because we didn't. He was the only sacrifice that was perfect enough to, to take our place, to, to offer eternal life, to offer grace. He died the story doesn't end there. He rose. He rose again. That's the beauty of it. Is he came back to life. And three days later, came back to life. And from then on out, it was put your hope in Jesus, a risen king, someone who conquered death. And started a global outreach mission. And Paul taking the gospel all across the ends of the earth. And from there on, it's we're here today and uh, sharing the gospel and reaching out to people. And I encourage you, church, 
share the gospel with people all over your in your jobs. Sorry, I want to say schools. In your jobs, uh, when you go out to eat, make it a discipline in your life. Once a week, pick somebody in your life. I'm going to purposely, intentionally grow with this person and, and share the gospel with this person. It's important. But if you do not know Christ, I can be in the back. You can talk to me. I'd love to pray with you, talk to you about your relationship with God. I'm going to pray and then maybe uh, Larry sing a song. Maybe we'll sing a song. Um, I'm going to pray and Larry will lead some worship. God, forgive me for um, not wanting to preach today, for not uh, taking an opportunity and, and counting it joy and, and being excited about it. Forgive me for that. God, I pray that if people don't know you in this room, I pray that they do come to, to, to learn who you are and to find you and to accept you as their Savior. God, give us discipline to be an imitator of you, to copy you, to, to want our hearts to look like yours, to love like you love, to be pure and think pure and live pure like you did, God. To be thankful to be thankful for others, to show encouragement, to be thankful to you, to be wise. God, we want to follow you. We want to be imitators of you. Lord, we love you. In your name I pray, amen.
the enemy is going to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. You know the enemy can take what I have and change who I am. I belong to you. You know the enemy can. Greater is he who's in me than me who's in the world. The words you have spoken are stronger than the Greater are you. Jesus. They all said, Amen. We love you guys. Have a blessed day.